Thank you for listening to this panel discussion recorded for the launch of RED at the Art Gallery of South Australia. In this panel discussion, director Nick Mitsevich talks with artist, creator and director Del Catherine Barton, composer Tom Schutziner and costume designer Alice Babich. They discuss their work on the short film RED and Del Catherine Barton's directorial debut. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Art Gallery of South Australia on a really special weekend. Yesterday, we launched Versus Rodan. Um, tonight, we officially launch Dell's Red, and um, the Adelaide Festival also begins, um, a really busy time for Adelaide. Um, Red is a, such an extraordinary work that um, we thought that it was so important to hear from the creative genius behind it. And it's um, a real thrill to have one of Australia's most um, extraordinary contemporary artists, Del Catherine Barton, and her collaborators with us, um, uh, um, Tom Schutzinger and um, Alice um, Babich. Babe, babe. No, Babbage. third time round. Third time round. <laughs> um, the work, and some of you have seen it, is such a tour de force. About 18 months ago, Del came to see us and she said that she had this extraordinary idea and she'd been working on it for about 18 yeah, months. Yeah. And um, she asked us, did we want to be a part of it? Did we want to support it? And galleries are always very conservative. They think about things, they look at things, they turn them upside down, shake them up, and then they go, oh, um, oh, oh, maybe, I don't know, for about five or six months, and then think about it a bit more, and then they might acquire something. But we didn't have anything to see, anything to acquire. But what we did have was an extraordinary idea that Dell talked to us about. And we had great faith in what Dell was trying to do. Um, in 2014, Dell had a moving image work in the Adelaide Biennial Dark Heart. And we could all see here that the work that she did for Dark Heart was the start of something that was never going to stop. And the moving image work that she did for Dark Heart um, really unlocked something. And um, I knew that this new work, Red, was going to be such an important moment for her career. And we wanted to jump on the train. We wanted to be a part of it. And uh, we signed up. And uh, we're one of four executive producers for the work. Uh, three. Three. <laughs> I, was trying, I was selling off. I, <laughs> I was selling off a bit, wasn't I? It's been a long week, so my maths isn't so great. Um, and we wanted to be a part of it. And um, it was so wonderful to be on the journey with Dell. And she's such a seductress. Um, um, every few months we got these still images and you know she, she didn't give us everything, she just gave us a little bit and we just be became so excited about seeing still images of, of um, um, Kate Blanchett in the extraordinary costumes that Alice put together. And then she sent us um, little snippets and then we heard a little bit of a soundtrack that Tom had worked on and it wasn't until quite late in the piece that we, we found, we saw the whole work. And I was so desperate to watch it. I was walking somewhere and I was watching it on my mobile phone because I was so desperate. Even though our curator of contemporary art, Lee Robb, said to me, wait and watch it on a bigger screen. <laughs> Dale had kept me waiting too long. And um, I had needed instant gratification. And so 
I was watching it on my screen and I got to the car and I had to drive somewhere. So I, I put it on my Bluetooth and I, had to, and I listened to Tom's soundtrack <laughs> driving somewhere because um, I was so kind of desperate to, to um, be a part of it and see it and feel it and hear it. And then when I got to where I was getting to, I could then watch on the screen and we were blown away by it. Um, and it is an extraordinary moment in, in Dell's career. And I, um, I was having a conversation only last week with um, Lee Robb, our curator, and we talked about why we collect things and what are the things that, that we say yes to and what are the things we don't say yes to. And um, Lee summed it up really beautifully. She said, we, we need to collect masterworks and we need to collect works that are, are moments of extraordinary innovation that change the artist's path. And this is the one for Del. Um, it will change her path because it is so ambitious. And it's such a clear vision of what she started more than two decades ago. Um, it's truly consistent with her artistic vision, but she takes us into a brand new realm. So with that long-winded introduction, it's my great pleasure to um, introduce Del just to um, tell us a little bit about her thought processes um, because you said to me that you'd been working on it for 18 months and then you wanted to make it happen. What was happening in that first 18 months? So um, first I just want to say thank you so much for your sincere words, Nick. Um, the fact that you supported the work and the work speaks to you so deeply means absolutely everything to me and just listening <laughs> to the end of your words there I actually feel quite emotional. So thank you so much. I've also already in the short life that Red has had so far done about 15 interviews. <laughs> so I am so happy to be sharing this conversation with two of my incredibly talented collaborators, so <laughs> hooray. Um, so what was happening for me was that I'd come off the end um, of a very ambitious moving image um, project, The Nightingale and the Rose, um, which was such a steep learning curve for me and it was um, in many, yeah, it was absolutely at that time of my life the most challenging thing that I'd ever done. I got to the end, I was totally broken. On one level it was like, I will never put myself through that again, but totally addicted um, to, to the medium. Um, so I just wanted to keep going. I wanted to make a work um, that was funded through the studio initially, and I wanted to make a work that had more energy and momentum and expediency. Um, so Red actually started as a, food, a studio funded, which was very foolish, <laughs> project at the time. Um, and what, the, um, just for the audience, that means you were funding it. Correct, correct. And DKB Studios started hemorrhaging cash very, very quickly, <laughs> which creates its own set of stresses. But I'd um, had this incredible narrative hook with the, um, you know, this incredible, unusual, um, you know, the sexual proclivities of the Australian redback spider. And it really spoke to me on a number of different levels. Um, it spoke to me of the poetics of female power. I feel that it's an even more poetic act, even though we, you know, it's under the umbrella of anthropomorphizing. Um, the fact that the, the, the father spider is participatory in his, his death, I think is, you know, this, yeah, something very poignant about that. The father actually sacrifices his life for his children's life, and in terms of Red, we, um, you know, I, I wrote the character of, of daughter, um, and also 
when I started doing research um, with my trusty left-hand woman, Liz Ellis, it turned out that the, this act, this extraordinary act, had not really been yet comprehensively um, documented in film. So that gave me even more desire and hunger to, to do that. Um, it, we took some time finding the right person to work with and worked with this extraordinary spider wrangler in far north Queensland, this completely beautiful, <laughs> nerdy human. Um, it was an agonising five-day shoot, trying to cue our talent to, you know, sexy times. Come on, sexy times. <laughs> and it was very stressful, but we did come, we came back from that shoot with absolute gold. Um, at that point, um, the producer that I'd been working with on Nightingale flicked me an email with a funding opportunity through AFTERS, um, which was to support um, creative short films. And yeah, Red was right in front of us at the time, and it was the perfect thing to think more ambitiously about. So in the process of, um, of composing that funding um, proposal, yeah, I, I did start, and also that, you know, I'd sat for quite a few days with my editor with the, the macro footage and even though it's such a powerful narrative, we, we just really felt that the narrative beats that w were lacking. Um, so to then think about incorporating um, human protagonists was, was incredibly exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and to cut, <laughs> sorry I can get very verbose because it is such a detailed journey this, but to cut a long story short, um, through the funding opportunity I did a, a uh, you, yeah, so the three female protagonists that I thought of was the quintessential mother, the archetypal... Um, I mean, one thing actually that I wanted to bring up tonight, I'm just going to throw it out right now, <laughs> is that no one has been brave enough to talk about the galactic vagina in red. Because the galactic vagina, which is this beautiful beat right at the end of the film, speaks... I mean, that's mother's galactic mm -hmm. vagina that gives birth to the whole universe, actually, and all life. And what was also really interesting when we were doing our research was that all these um, yeah, spider women are positioned within mythology yeah, as the life-giving force, which was, again, really amazing. Yeah. Um, again, sorry, I, just, I feel like I'm starting to rave a little bit. So there was Mother. We were, Kate Blanchett was absolutely top of my list. Um, I was, yeah, I could hardly believe it when she uh, agreed to play the role. Yeah. And... Um, the project just, yeah, it, it kind of gained a lot of momentum at that right. point. Well, maybe we jump into your collaborators now. <laughs> Please. Um, Alice, Alice, how do you go from Snowtown and working with the Sydney Theatre Company to working on an art project um, that um, is kind of abstract? Because um, the projects that you've had so many years' experience with are very clear narratives. This is kind of an abstract, crazy project. Um, I guess... All of my work is about storytelling and it's all about characters and finding a world for a character in which a story can sit and be told. And this is kind of no different. Um, the, like the form in which the work takes is kind of not my primary interest. Like the conversation around the work and how, how you get from the idea to the kind of execution is what I'm the most sort of interested in. So I just jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> and we just did it. <laughs> like, I remember that when Del called me to the studio to talk to me about it, she'd sent me this sort of amazing package that she and Liz had put together. And 
I walked in and it was, we sort of had this sort of quite serious conversation for about five minutes. And then it became incredibly practical and very pragmatic and just how, like, how do we do it? There was no sort of, well, let's sort of all think about it. It was, well, we could start shooting next week. Let's just go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we've worked since we've met. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you jumped in fishnets and all, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the fishnets took a little longer to come. That was a, yeah, that was a, tr that was a tricky... It, that was a long kind of birthing process, that mm. one. Mm. Like, it kind of looks like armour. It's like you created um, an armour um, with the fishnets. It's kind of an extraordinary um, kind of um, sculpture that you've put on Kate. Yeah, our conversations were about layers of skin and layers of reveal. And it took... colour. Uh, yeah, and there, there were a lot of different versions that it took for us. And it started somewhere very different, and then it became more human and more visceral as we sort of worked through the ideas. And more humble. And, and more, yeah, and more yeah. honest and more kind, just kind of understood to the eye. Like, you needed to know what all of these items were. And then you have someone like Kate who, you know, if an, if an, if an idea feels like it has legs, she jumps right in and is such a great collaborator like that. Mm. You know, it, that kind of costume could, f you know, fall apart conceptually on a lesser being. Mm. Um, but Kate really <laughs> owns it and, dri and drives the idea through for us. And I think the same could be said for Charlene Yap. Um, and, you know, that mm. bit of mm. red... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I was going to say um, <laughs> ribbon. <laughs> um, that, that costume could just could have just been a disaster for anyone that couldn't hold it. So yeah. um, do you, when you think about um, costume design, do you have a dialogue with the, with the character? Think about can, you know, how, 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 can that, how can they make it one with them? They have to. I mean, I can have an idea, we can have an idea, there can be something we're trying to do, but if they as a performer, as a character, as someone who then has to embody it and breathe it, if they don't believe in it or understand it, then it won't work. Yeah, you don't believe it. Yeah, so, so it's, it's incredibly collaborative and we have to trust each other that, that the idea will hold. Mm -hmm. And you often don't know. You don't know until you roll, you don't know until you watch rushes, you don't know until opening night but you just kind of go with it. <laughs> um, we should um, jump in and grab Tom now. Um, the, the, um, the work has hardly any dialogue, so you've got a lot of sound space um, to fill in. Um, for me, it feels like the most incredible music video. Um, how did you kind of approach um, work? Because you've worked both in, in music <coughs> as a founding member of Dakota and also on a number of feature films like Somersault. Mm. So how did you approach this, this um, sort of um, project that Del threw at you? Well, I think initially, you know, we had a conversation where Del explained the, the broad concept. Um, and that was, I guess, an hour, hours long conversation. And then sort of, I guess, nine, ten months vanished into the sort of pre-production shooting um, realm of that sort of journey until I come back on board. And initially, I think I saw a rough edit. And um, Can I share a quick anecdote yeah, about yeah. Tom? When sure, sure, edit? sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, um, the editor on Red, who's absolutely amazing also, 
Like we'd done a lot of work on the edit. You had. Um, we'd put some very epic temp sound down. Yeah. Um, and we're a little bit proud of ourselves, I think. <laughs> As you should have been. Yeah, we rolled Tom in. Um, but then we got super nervous as well mm. because you're so awesome and, you know, we seriously wanted to impress you. <laughs> anyway, we played Tom the edit as it existed then with the temp music as well. And Tom, and I'm, when you're showing work in progress to awesome creatives that you're hoping are going to come on board, you're sort of trying not to look at them, look at the work. But <laughs> I was like looking at you at the, out of the corner of my eye. And I remember like the further it went along, I just felt like you were like sitting further and further Correct. back in you know, that very comfy chair at Method Studios. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Red as it existed then came to an end and Tom just sat back and he went, oh. And actually- um, I, was down, I was down here yeah, somewhere. Yeah, Mark and I looked at each other yeah. and I was like, He's our man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I think, Sorry, over to you. Yeah, it, it was at that point that I realised what a, an amazing, you know, concept creation that Dell had got this, this film to. Um, I was overwhelmed with excitement, uh, fear of just, <laughs> am, capable, have I got the capability to tackle this monster because it really felt like it, it deserved a hell of a lot and um and it was broad it was huge it was broad in 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 a musical sense mm -hmm. um del had just stylistically music from vast parts of this earth you know they were they were extreme in their um in their measure and that is intimidating because you know it requires a lot of thought and a lot of um practicality um but it was it ended up being a, a, an incredibly, you know, I mean, powerful journey for collaborators. I think for Del and I, it was, a, it was a great, we worked very well together. We had a great, which is always important, a great line of communication um, and honesty, which, which is essential. If she didn't like it, she could say, that's crap. <laughs> and that I never can, happened. And I can move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, <it happened>. Occasionally. <laughs> I think you only ever got a 7 out of 10. Everything else was a 12 out of 10. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Dale. Um, we might move on to the lady that's not in the room. Um, Alice, you've worked and been a collaborator with Kate Blanchett for a number of years um, at the Sydney, Sydney Theatre Company. Um, Dale, you have painted her portrait and her family's portrait in the past. So how did, one, you convince her to be a part of it and then workshop the extraordinary character that Alice dressed and that you directed? Yeah, it's a big question. Um, one thing I'm quite good at is writing awesome love letters. <laughs> She's so good at it. She's so good at it. She's so, we, so good at it. We put this, um, and Liz as well helped with this. Liz actually made Kate a blue flower out of paper. So, yeah, my epic love letter. We had all this, this beautiful package that we'd seduced Alice with as well. Um, sent it over through, um, you know, um, the producers sent it through her agent. I, I would never have contacted her directly because it's not about that. And, um, and yeah, I think as Alice said earlier, um, it, that is so true of Kate. Like, if, if she feels a hook, if she feels a compulsion, she will. She, it's all or nothing for her. So she's a very generous and unique um, collaborator in that way. Um, 
So on one level, you know, to be directing my first live action film and be working with, you know, one of the greatest living actors today um, is on one level a very intimidating experience. But um, I also felt a strong sense of sort of vision and confidence that, that the key was really to under-direct her actually and work very closely, particularly with Alice um, and the DOP, that once there's enough considered things and people um, in a room and you've created a space for someone as extraordinary as Kate just to absolutely bring it and something really incredible can, can come from that and in fact more will come from that than if you're sort of micromanaging the performance and rehearsing it too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Alice, how did you approach um, dressing Kate? Because there's, 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 um, there's, there's two different <laughs> poles. You have this sort of um, sort of sexualized vamp that's sort of bordering on um, uh, S&M all the way through to the sort of classically dressed uh, business woman in a chic Armani um, suit. Um, Kate and I have a long, we have a long history of working together. We also have a long history of me trying to put her in things she doesn't really want to wear. <laughs> and um, like even at the moment, she's doing a show in New York where she's wearing jodhpurs and every night she puts them on and I feel her cursing me. <laughs> and so when we, when we presented the ideas to her, we just made it, like, we just made it fun. I mean, it's, the, like the suit is one thing. She's a woman who can wear a suit, especially an Armani suit. Um, so that was incredibly straightforward and we knew how to do it and Armani was so supportive um, and so that, that was fine. But Del and I just like went over with a bag of stockings <laughs> and, and said, and like a pair of scissors and said, let's, let's do this. And that's what we did. We just like, we played, like the three of us tried things and ideas and it was really simple, it was really straightforward to create this kind of being. Mm -hmm. And it all just flowed from there. Mm -hmm. um, filmmaking is quite different to being the deal that everyone else knows, the meticulous artist in the studio. Because you've got, you've got two collaborators here, but there's so many of them, so many more on this film. And if you, at the end, when you watch the credits, you see you know, the, the, the technical skill that underpinned this work, which is like a feature film. Um, and when you're working with those technical people, you're not working with them together. There's, there's pockets of, of energy. How do you kind of keep it all together and involve a dialogue? I think um, on one level I just feel so blessed to be given an opportunity to work with such extraordinary people that that in itself is incredibly energising and that, you know, that, that I am bringing the very best of myself to that. I mean, I think what we're also getting tonight, like the key is about the quality of the dialogue. And from the outset, I'm always really honest that there's certain languages that I just do not speak. Um, and if immediately, yeah, I've got a strong vibe and there's trust and reciprocity and also that we're enjoying what we're doing um, without it being irreverent in any way because everyone is at the top of their game. They, you know, life is short. We, we want to make something really, really special. Um, immediately there's a shorthand that really works for the project or it doesn't. Um, and I think that that's how I kind of navigate through. And I have had difficult relationships and it's not that 
you know, the creatives weren't incredible creatives, but they're just creatives that I wouldn't work with again. Um, and certainly with these two amazing people here tonight, I felt that immediately and I'm trying to, you know, rein them into my next project, absolutely. <laughs> so you're, you're new ensemble cast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Always. <laughs> um, in terms of... Um, you know, doing all the bits and pieces and then pushing them all together. I'll actually tell one funny, I mean, there's probably, well, there are absolutely so many of them, but when we were finally, and I still don't even know the technical language of laying down that final layer of sound, what, like... The mix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, always, like, talking about the music, like, yeah, I'm feeling it here, but I need to feel it here, you know, like, very, it's all about the physicality of it. And um, I didn't even, re yeah, I actually thought what was vocals, it turns out, was a trumpet or something. And boy, did I feel like an that was absolute a, It was idiot. a trombone. Oh. Yeah, I love that vocal. <laughs> More of the vocals. I'm going, there is no vocal. Yeah. What? Yeah. So that's, I'm just saying that's place it. the Muppet that these guys are working with. <laughs> and that's really interesting because in the studio, you, need, you know every single thing that you need to make your pictures great. And what's interesting about this is that you don't know every bit that makes the, pic makes the work great because you've got some collaborators that you're working with. Mm. And um, were there like moments that um, you were, were sort of stuck in mud and um, yes. kind of pushed through? <laughs> Not just stuck, but deep, deep down in the primordial swamp. And so in the studio, you just, you'd scrape it off and you'd repaint it or you'd just rip the canvas off and start again, or you collage over it. So what do you do in this instance with a whole team of collaborators? Yeah, it's a great question. I think talking about the quality of relationships and communication, it's also about the fact that you need to be vulnerable and, and you need to be honest about the fact that this just fucking isn't working and what the hell are we going to do with this? And, um, and again, when you've got the, the right people and the right level of trust, um, there's always a solution. I mean, as Alice was saying, we did. We had a much bigger vision initially for the big reveal from Kate, and in the end, just sort of stripping it back and having that level of honesty, um, budget always being a huge issue. And in the end, it was a, a bag of cheap stockings that, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing that connected to that is, I mean, as a studio-based practitioner, I'm I'm thinking with my hands, and, in, and I see them as being my most intelligent sort of. <laughs> um, and I try to approach filmmaking in that way too. So you could almost talk about the set day as being like making a drawing. It's like you're trusting the, those gestures and the authenticity mm. of that first gesture. And you're not tr yeah, trying to rehearse, or you're trusting kind of what is as well. Yeah. yeah. And also um, because red is um, very VFX heavy um, and that's, you know, very important to my aesthetic and Do you want to tell the audience what VFX means? <laughs> <laughs> Visual specialist. <laughs> so um, I think one of the things I struggle with actually is the raw cuts because they don't look that pretty. But now I understand more like what's coming along, mm -hmm. the, the awesome expensive processes after that. Like, yeah, flame, and, yes. <laughs> and that's when you get to layer up the glitter and... And the yeah. cosmic vagina. The cosmic vagina, thank yep. you. <laughs> I never thought I'd be galactic. saying... I never, galactic. Galactic. I never thought I'd be saying that at, in the gallery. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, yesterday I said the word Dick in Rodin, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so when, when the work comes to a point where, when, when, Alice, do you know that it's right? And I'm going to ask this of you, Tom, as well, so think about it. And then I'll ask Del, when do you know what your bit is? When do you know, you, when, when, sorry, when do you know, <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> when do you know it's right, the bit that you have to do, when do you know that it's really right? It's always different, the point at which I think you know it's right, or the point at which you can, like, you know it's right for someone else because being right you know for you and being right for an audience are kind of also two different things but I think I remember the minute I knew this was right it was the very first take we did of Kate removing the suit yeah. and we had like three Armani suits we were going to cut up and it was all like we've got three takes everyone just with three takes only and we went for take one and Del, we were sort of screaming inside as Kate did it. It was like the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And we looked at each other and we're like, okay, take one, one take, that's all we need, don't worry. Let's not do it again. Start, like, screw it, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point I, I thought, this is all going to be fine, this entire thing. Because up until that point, what, like we'd been building like a 15 metre pool inside a studio with $5. Like it was just yeah. everything like, <laughs> you know, everything felt like the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Oh, and Tom, wow. when, when, did you, when do you know when the things were right? Um, I think it sort of happens for me when, when the visuals and the audio clearly are integrated and there's a seamless sort of, there's a relationship with neither a forcing, and that's um, it's just occupying a space on the on the screen, or and they do it together in harmony. And you know, I've I can I've overdone it before. I've, I've thrown too many things into the into the orchestra into the into the into the piece, too many tracks, and it's just not working. And I'll end up there's could be 70 tracks, and I'll pull 40 out, and just it's, de it's a deconstruct process, and you rip it out, and suddenly you go, wow, mm. there it is again. I've just why was I pushing? Why was I forcing beyond the necessary? And then suddenly it appears. Mm. And it's a, it's a great, that's a great, um, I'm not sure what it is, and I'm sure everybody reads that differently, but for me, I think there's a balance, and I just sense that. It gets to a point. Mm -hmm. And when did you know, when did you know it was right? When well, did it was you... really interesting, because, and this is, yeah, my, my <laughs> third conversation today, public conversation, but, my second conversation, I, my answer was exactly the same as Alice, actually. I mean, for me, that was the biggest day that I've ever had working as a director, working with live action. Um, and, yeah, we were trying for the money shot straight up. That was, you know, that's what we'd all been working towards. <laughs> that was the, that was that, the first picture she sent me. It was the money <laughs> shot. <laughs> and Kate, being Kate, she just got up there and... Alice might have been screaming inside. I think I was actually screaming fairly loudly. You were. <laughs> you were definitely screaming. <laughs> I had this total pimp daddy um, first AD, so yeah, um, who was kind of looking at me like, oh my God, just get your shit together. <laughs> and she was also freaking out because, um, and she came over to me after, sorry, I digress a little bit, but um, she was like, Del, how did this happen? Because normally there'd be of sa there'd be safety crew on set, and there'd be first aid, like, you know, a nurse. Here we oh, and Kate, Kate cut herself. She did actually <coughs> just draw a tiny little bit of blood, yeah. 
which she's was a little bit stressed about. <laughs> I assured her later. And you'll see it actually if you look closely in the white psych footage, there's a little Band-Aid and I was like, we love a dirty Band-Aid, Kate. <laughs> but no, it was exactly what Alice said. For me, that moment and that, that performance and the believability and the power that she brought to set, I just knew that anything beyond that was, was just extra, extra awesome, awesomeness. That, that, that was the core of what Red needed to be and we had it, yeah. yeah. Um, I know that the editing period um, was, a, was a kind of long period, wasn't it? Because it was, it was as long as the production period. Um, did you enjoy the production period or the, the editing period more? What it's interesting because what I like about editing, and I will just say that editing Red is the hardest thing that I've ever done creatively. Um, it turned my world upside down, especially because, well, mostly because there was just so much gold. And then, yeah, how do you make it tight, make it tight, like, um, and keep it coming. It's a very high op octave. Mm. Even though it's a short work, there are lots of emotional peaks and troughs. Yes. And without dialogue, there's just, it just feels like there's lots to fill in, isn't there? Even though it's, it's you know, it's over within 13 minutes. Mm. Mm. Um, so, that, yeah, it's, it's like a... I thought I think of I think of it as like a um, a feature film that's been sort of super <laughs> duper compressed. Yeah, we we could have cut it as a feature. Um, for one of the reasons we cut it as a short was a practical reason because we'd had funding through the film world and through the fine art world. I mean, one of the exciting things for me about making film is that it can have two lives and two extraordinary industries, and that's something that's a bridge that I'm very interested in. Um, standing mm, over, mm, yeah. yeah, but but editing was extraordinarily hard. Um, um, but Mark is amazing and he's very patient. I, I know that <laughs> it was Liz, because he came to the studio. Oh, sorry, that's what I was going to say. What I do like about editing is that um, I have more privacy. It feels much closer to a studio practice. Mm. And yeah, there's not, you know, 30 people in the room and, you know, everything's, it, it, you know, that you can take your time ideally, especially when mm. you've got an editor as generous as Mark is and as committed to the project as mm. he was, mm. yeah. Um, I think um, the final question that I want to ask the panel is um, how is it different working in the art world as it is to working in the theatre world or the film world or, Tom, in the music world? Like, uh, is it different is really the question. Tom, after you. <laughs> Well, I think fundamentally, <coughs> if you're a musician and you're playing live, there is, um, there is something happening collectively between musicians at, you know, immediately. Um, but then that kind of still exists in filmmaking because even though I work alone to create the music, then it's just that collaboration is a different sort of dance, but it's... A, it's it has that same energy, um, and it can be impulsive and spontaneous, and and we do, you know, there's that sort of magic, and that's just, you know, that's two creative people having a chinwag for a bit, and you know, chewing the fat and trying to dream. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess they're they're similar, um, but it's a solitary working in film is certainly solitary for me composing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm in a studio, shut the doors, and forget to eat and drink, and come out eight hours later. I sort of go, whew. And I After working on the, the particularly red, which was quite intense for a lot of it. 
definitely. But um, but a great pleasure. Yeah. And Alice, um, is, is there any difference for you? No. <laughs> well, and, 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 and that's you know, and like every project is has varying degrees of different ways of working. But the kind of way that I work is that is it's it's just about like Tom said, it's a group of people who get mm. together and make some an idea become something more tangible. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what those titles are. Like, you know, my job falls into, I need to make sure that like all the socks are there and that like the wall doesn't fall down. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that, you know, that I don't have an idea about uh, the other thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just telling a story. Mm -hmm. um, and my final question, Del, what's next? What oh. is the next thing? <laughs> well, the bits that you can tell us, What's the next thing? Well, I have some amazing projects coming up that's more about my painting practice um, and a large survey show at the end of the year at the NGV. Um, I am developing two film projects at the moment too. Um, one, I have received um, development funding from Screen Australia, which is incredibly exciting. These Do you guys... need an executive producer? <laughs> <laughs> we will so be talking later. <laughs> Can I get a love letter, please? <laughs> and actually, because um, Nick is a passionate gardener as well, um, the title of this film is Flower, and at its core narrative, the central protagonist is a male who has a fetish for flowers. So it could be right up your alley. <laughs> Can I have a cameo? Can I have a cameo? <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds really exciting. Um, it's been um, such a, a great discussion. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Please thank our panellists, Alice, Tom and Del. <laughs> <laughs>